The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to take a moment and share a word from our sponsor. Body Rappers, Angela Luzio, is happy to be the proud sponsor of the Premier Dance Network. Body Rappers, Angela Luzio, is known for its fine total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer of the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premier. It takes a dancer who wears a leotard all day to know what is best in a leotard. So Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance that includes ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all the products at www.bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com or your favorite online dance apparel retailer for all their products. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pa to Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-monthly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 16 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, all. Thank you for returning back to listen to yet another episode of Pot of Chat Talking Dance. I feel like the summer is coming to a close and everybody seems to have finished their vacations and that they are sort of summing up the summer and starting to prep for the new year. So today I thought that I would focus on that. Um, I've been thinking a lot about what the new year has to, to offer coming or what's coming up in that. But uh, it's actually been a bit calmer the past week and a half for me, which has been nice. I've only uh, actually today was the first day since I think the last time I podcast that I have had to uh, commute outside of New York City. So I headed on up to Stanford, Connecticut and taught at the Ballet School of Stanford's in summer intensive. Um, and I'll be heading back to teach there again uh, this year. I'll be teaching ballet classes on Saturdays, which I'm excited to do. Um, other than that, I, I've been taking this time to, you know, take more classes for myself. I've also uh, started working with a few dancers on some choreography to hopefully get some footage to have a fundraising campaign so that I can start my own project. But not going to get too much into that right now. That could be its own podcast within itself. Um, other than that, I worked with a guy from Switzerland uh, the past week. He he reached out to me. He was traveling to the U.S. and he wanted to learn some foundational practices in ballet. So it was really cool to have somebody reach out to me internationally that was visiting the city and uh, to get to chat with him and meet him. Maybe one day I'll get to head out to Switzerland and see the the country and uh maybe work with him a little bit more i uh 
I've never been to Europe. It's kind of crazy. I've been to South America, been to Eastern Asia, the Middle East, um, Mexico, Canada, uh, and this the holiday season this year, my husband and I are going to go to Southeast Asia, um, Thailand, Hong Kong, Cambodia. Um, but I've never been to Europe. So after this trip, I feel like I got to make that a priority. Always easier if work brings me out there. But I, if that doesn't happen, then perhaps I'm going to, that, that will have to be our next trip. But yeah, so uh, other than all that, I'm, I'm heading out to Newport this weekend, Newport, Rhode Island, uh, just to get a couple more days. So everybody else to come back from vacation, I'm taking a few days off. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then next week, I have some master classes with a few schools in the New Jersey uh, area and the New York area. Um, and then I will be finishing out the summer, doing some more choreography, teaching uh, around the area. And yeah, all of that. I'll be uh, finishing out my summer at Broadway Dance Center as well. Uh, and as you know, I have my typical roster of ballet classes at every level. You can find that information when I teach, uh, what di- what levels I teach and what days I teach on broadwaydancecenter.com. Uh, you can go to my faculty bio page and they list every class I teach there. Um, and then also just a reminder, I have an intermediate advanced ballet class and at, at 10.30 a.m. on Saturdays and then intermediate contemporary class immediately following that at noon on Saturdays. And that will finish on September 8th. So get your booties in there if you want to dance with me. Okay. All right. Uh, so as I said, since the summer is quickly coming to an end and uh, all I can think about is prepping for the new school year uh, where I'll be teaching at Greenwich Ballet Academy two times a week and then I'll be teaching at Ballet School of Stamford uh, one time a week and then other than that most of my class will be at Broadway Dance Center. Um, all I can think about is the new year, the new school year. Uh, so I was thinking why not give you some back to school tips or back to dance school tips. Um I don't know. I feel like there's so much preparation when it comes to academic school. Uh, but in reality, I think people get sort of in the flow of what it means to go back to dance. Some people spend their entire summer dancing at their school, so they don't even feel like they have to get back in the flow. But uh, there, there is sort of a process that goes into uh, getting back in the dance studio. And I thought that maybe we would talk about that today. All right. So, okay. The first tip that I have for you is that just make sure that you have all the appropriate dancewear and footwear that you need before you start. Uh, if you are returning to the same school, usually you have a good idea of what you need. Um, if you're going to a new school, yeah, there might be a handful of new things that you need to get. Um, but even if you're returning to the to a new dance school, you might even need to get a different leotard color for the level that you're in, things like that. So uh, just make sure that you're aware of those expectations. Usually schools will either do a printout or they'll email or they'll have a, all this information on their website. So make sure that you check that out. Um, and these things could include anything from how your hair should be done, if there's a specific uniform. Uh, sometimes ballet has a different uniform than modern or contemporary class does, uh, or character, or uh, if you're at a competition school, it could be jazz and hip-hop and all that stuff. Also, each different style of dance requires different types of shoes that need to be worn. Um, maybe jazz shoes for jazz, ballet shoes for ballet, but you don't know what contemporary is. Is it bare feet? Is it slip ballet slippers? Is it socks? Is it jazz shoes? Different things like that. Um, 
And then also it's important, like perhaps if you're going to a new school or if you're starting points that you know uh, exactly what types of point shoes you're, you should be wearing. Some schools are very specific about point shoes. They won't let you wear this type or you have to wear this type. Like Russian schools sometimes will force their dancers to wear Grishkos or Russian point shoes. Um, I know other schools that are more Balanchine-based that won't let their dancers wear Gainer Mindens. Um, and I mean, whatever you think about that, uh, that's fine. But schools may ask for particular point shoes. So you just want to make sure that you you know how you're supposed to look the first day because uh, you don't want to add any additional stress, especially if you're going to a new school. But even entering a new level, um, you, you don't want to add any additional stress. You just want to be able to show up on day one and you want to be comfortable and prepared and focus on dancing. You don't want to have to think about other things. Okay. Also, make sure that you kind of have a plan in place as to how you're going to get all of your stuff to the studio. Um, honestly, if you are outside of creative dance classes or if your your kid is outside of creative dance classes, they should be able to take care of their own ish. Okay. <laughs> um, every time that a student comes to my class, I'm prepared and they go, well, my mom forgot her, my dad forgot her, my grandma, or my aunt or my brother, whoever is responsible for getting you to dance. Um, I turn to them and I go, well, who's affected by this? <laughs> it's you. And honestly, if you can formulate the words to tell me that it's somebody else's fault, chances are you should be able to take care of it yourself. So, yeah, just make sure that you're prepared. If you're taking more advanced point classes, I forgot to say that, you may also need to have a backup pair of point shoes or two because you may start to go through them more often if you're doing more point classes or if the point work is more complicated. Uh, by the time that students are in finishing schools, I think that usually they, they've been through this, so they kind of have an idea. But all the rules apply to you as well. All right. Okay, next up to make sure that you are prepared for the new school year. Don't return 100% out of shape. Uh, try to take classes for a great deal of the summer. Um, I mean, do give yourself a break. Go on vacation. Take a week off. Uh, take a two weeks off. But don't show up to the first day of class having not danced for three months. I mean, I'm not going to be judge. Okay, let's. Okay, I'm lying. I'm going to be judgmental. I don't understand how schools can not have classes during the entire summer, maybe a few weeks off here or there. Um, but if, say that your school has a recital or a showcase, um, or you're the director of a school that has a recital or a showcase uh, that ends at the end of May or the beginning of June, mid-June, um, and then you don't have any classes until September, you're really just asking for your students to get out of shape, to get injured, uh, to gain weight, to all of the above. Um, I strongly, strongly urge you to consider adding classes into your summer program. Um, and if you only have two or three weeks of classes, again, I strongly urge you to, to have continuing classes throughout. Um, dance is a little bit different than academics in the sense that uh, academics, you can study without having a teacher tell you what to do. Um, you can study anywhere. Also, a lot of things like you change subjects from academic year, like maybe you do 
history and it one year it's American history, the next year it's European history, or maybe you're doing, uh, I don't know, biology one year, chemistry the next year. Uh, it's a little different for language and math. I feel like they're also, it can be challenging with that, but this is your body and you're using the body very vigorously when you're dancing. So to dance all year round and then to just stop dancing during the summer and then to show back up and to think that you're going to be anywhere close to where you were. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So, okay. Now that I've gone on that tangent, that's for the dance teachers, for the, for the students. If your school doesn't offer you classes, go somewhere else and take classes. Um, your body needs to continue. Um, one of my favorite stories I was ever told was by the, fantastic Cynthia Gregory, prima ballerina at American Ballet Theater. Um, and she was telling a story about how she had retired from dance. And I think it was like eight to 10 years later, she was doing a commercial with, I think it was Anne Ranking. Don't hold me to that, but I'm pretty sure it was Anne Ranking. Uh, so ballet and Broadway. Um, and so they were doing a commercial. And after they had filmed some of the commercial, the director asked if uh, Cynthia could put her point shoes on and dance. And she said, well, I haven't really danced on point since I retired. Um, so she was like, okay, well, I'll get my point shoes. She put her point shoes on. She tried to go up on point. She could barely get up on point. Prima ballerina, barely could get up on point. It just goes to show you that if you don't use your muscles, you lose your muscles. And also the muscle memory that goes along with that. Um, so uh, if you don't use your body to dance, you lose it. And it's so important that you continue to maintain what you've worked on, uh, so that it, it doesn't, you don't fall too far backwards. Um, and maybe your brain understands how the technique works, but your body, it needs that. It needs that work, that muscle memory, that repetitive work, that building of strength and stamina and all of that. So, do not return to, to classes 100% out of shape because I almost guarantee that you will lose it. Like if you're growing, say, from an intermediate to an advanced level, you're probably going to be intermediate again once, you, once that happens, okay? So uh, I really, really strongly, strongly urge you do not return on after Labor Day to dance classes 100% out of shape, okay? Honestly, I think if you have three months off during the summer, say you have June, July, and August, Maybe give yourself one week each month and it doesn't even have to be one week each month. It could be two weeks at right after your showcase and then take another week off before the school year starts or in August to allow your body and brain to take a break. But do not, do not, do not, if I haven't said enough, do not take the summer off unless you are nursing injuries. That's a, that's a different story. But just, yeah, dance during the summer. All right. Now, now that I've finally moved off of that, <laughs> uh, I, I strongly suggest that uh, dancers buy a notebook to bring to class. And if they're not going to do that, at least after class, use the notes app on, on your phone or your iPad or email yourself. Uh, and you want to use these tools to write down corrections. Uh, I, I think that writing down corrections makes it easier to track progress. Um, when I, I didn't really do this until I went to the Kirov and my teacher forced me to do this for like three or four months and then it became a habit. And until I, uh, became professional, I actually did this after every single class. And I mean, I was known at the school of American ballet in the dormitory. I, we had these big cork boards to like pin up other people would pin up like pictures of their favorite celebrities. 
I pinned up post-its of corrections. <laughs> and after every class, I wrote down three corrections. Um, and what I would do is I would use it to go back and check and see. Um, like immediately I'd go, okay, don't forget that correction from class yesterday. Um, and then a couple weeks down, down the, down the road, I would go, okay, let me go back to the corrections and see if I fixed it. And if I fixed it, I'd be like, great. Oh, that's very cool. And I would see that I was progressing. And if I didn't fix it, I'd go, oh yeah, I forgot. I need to go back and I need to work on that. Um, you don't have to be as crazy and neurotic as I was, but three corrections after every class isn't that big of a deal. Um, and I really like doing this because it's kind of like seeing yourself grow, like get taller. Um, for instance, when you're going through puberty, you see yourself in the mirror every single day. You can't really see yourself growing and changing uh, from from day to day. Uh, but somebody that maybe sees you every couple of weeks, they can see the difference because they see you at this height and they can see, wow, did you grow? Uh, maybe if they see you a couple months later, they're like, wow, you really, you're really growing right now. Um, because they don't see you from day to day. Um, cause you can't see growth that fast, but it's the same in dance. You see yourself dancing from day to day to day. And sometimes you feel really positive about it. And sometimes you feel negative about it. Sometimes we get stuck in this uh, mindset where we don't feel like we're getting better at all. So if you write down these corrections and you, I don't know, three to six months down the line, go back and look at the corrections that you're getting, you will actually see how much you've grown. Um, I think that it, it's it's difficult for dancers to have these markers to track their progress. And, and like I said, it's really easy for dancers to get down on themselves. So I think that this is a really great tool to make sure that you... Uh, you feel you you feel good about what you're doing and that you see that you are improving from day to day and if you note that you aren't improving you need to have the ability the ability to assess that and that could be maybe talking to your teachers asking for extra attention maybe getting private lessons to make sure you're getting extra attention and uh if it really isn't working out maybe considering at the end of that school year going to a different school that uh you feel might be able to push you in the direction that you're going okay uh while i'm talking about corrections also something that a tip that i like to give all dancers and especially to start this practice at the beginning of a, of a school year is to come up with a core correction um and i i kind of made this up i don't know if anybody else has ever called it this but uh your core correction is the correction that you show up to in class with before you even get corrected. And I, I started doing this when I was at the Kirov with, with this notebook. What I would do is I wasn't sure if I was going to get attention from day to day in class or corrections from day to day. Um, so I would look in my notebook and I would pick one correction that I was going to focus on throughout that class. So I would walk in and I'd be like, okay, make sure that I don't relax my abdominal muscles while I'm dancing. Or uh, make sure that I don't let my heel relax while I'm in releve so it doesn't fall down. Or make, make sure that I'm not sickling my feet in arabesque, different things like that. And what I would do is I walk in and at the beginning of each combination and I would tell myself, hold your stomach and bury. And that way, even if I didn't get a correction, I was already working on something. Um, this is how you improve. <laughs> okay. And I think a lot of dancers, they walk into class and they're like, teacher, teacher, teach me. Um, but you need to start to practice being your own teacher because by the time that you get into a company, you don't get as many corrections. You have to be your own teacher. Um, 
And this was a very valuable tool for me. And once I started doing this, my technique exploded. Like it really, in a good way, (laughs) it really progressed. All right. uh, Another tip. A lot of times when when kids uh, enter new schools or new levels, um, or maybe if they didn't move up a level, uh, a lot of times this happens at the beginning of the school year, they, they feel like they've been placed incorrectly. Um, and if this happens, um, or if you think that this has happened, what I usually suggest is give it a week or two before you try to resolve it. Uh, I usually notice that classes are sometimes easier at the beginning of the year. And this kind of ties in a little bit to the idea that some dancers are returning out of shape. So the last thing that teachers and directors want to do is injure all of the dancers <laughs> immediately. Uh, also, there's usually new information being given to dancers at the beginning of the year. Um, so classes tend to be a bit easier the first few weeks. Um, so I would always suggest give it a few weeks just to see if like the teacher is leading into more difficult material. Um, and if a few weeks have passed, then maybe consider bringing up that you feel that you're miss that you're not placed correctly or that uh, have a parent do that. Um, teachers don't want students to be misplaced. So generally I think that if there is a placement issue that they will, make a suggestion to move them. Um, if the kid is kind of on the borderline between one level and another, uh, sometimes they'll keep them back a level uh, so that they're not struggling in the new class or they might push them forward so that they uh, have to rise to the occasion. Um, it really depends on the teacher and how they like to do that or the student's personality and how the teacher assesses if they handle that kind of stress well or if they uh, they don't. Um, if you are going to bring up that you feel that a, a child is misplaced uh, in, in a level, I think that, the, A, I think it should be done by the parent. Um, not that the student can't do it, but it has to be a really mature student that knows how to go about this. Um, but the parents should do this, and I don't think that they should do this in front of classmates. Like, don't walk into the classroom at the end and do it. Don't walk into the dressing room and ask for this teacher to come out. If you're going to do it, email the school if you can. Call the school if you can. If not, maybe ask to t- talk to the teacher in private. Wait till all the students leave the studio and then ask if you can step into the studio and talk to them. Um, and... I, I would usually ask if you could have a private meeting. Sometimes the teacher will say do it right away, uh, but you don't want to catch the teacher off guard. Just say I want to request a meeting. Um, and I I don't always think it's best to have the student in these meetings because sometimes parents will get upset, the teacher will respond, and then the kid feels bad because they feel like it's kind of this push and pull between like the person who is responsible for their life (laughs) and the person that can help guide them forward and uh, they want to have a positive relationship with them. So I think it's usually best to have not have the kid in the meeting. And then if you need to bring the kid into the meeting after you've had that conversation, um, if the kid is really mature, yeah, maybe have them sit in it. But I think it should be a separate conversation between the parent and the the teacher and make sure that you don't make demands. Just ask why and say why if, if you feel that you need to tell them why you feel they should move forward, go ahead. Um, but so offer it as a suggestion. Um, and in the end, trust the teacher. Uh, if you don't trust your teachers, you shouldn't be at that school. Okay. Uh, most teachers want the best for the students. The way that I see it for my students, if my students do well, I do well. Um, so, 
and that's for all of my students. Uh, like favor, there's 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 no favoritism in the fact that if any of my students do well, I do well. It's not if one student does well, I do well. Um, and I think that most teachers feel that way. They want their students to do well. All right, next. So this is kind of along the same line as the corrections, but instead of something that happens afterwards, <laughs> this is something that happens before. Uh, I really suggest that you write down a set of goals for the year. Um, I, I do a retreat every like three to six months where I write down my goals and then I uh, assess them uh, a few months down the road and see if they're in the right track. But yeah, so write down a set of goals for the year. Uh, some of those goals might be technical. Maybe I want to improve my pirouettes. I want to work on my triples or maybe my Ande Don pirouettes aren't as good as my Ande Or, or I want to improve the height of my jumps, or I want to balance longer at the end of every combination. Um, it can also be things like casting. Maybe your goal in casting is to go from doing uh, a core flower in Waltz of the Flowers to doing a demi lead or doing the, the dew drop that the, the the lead flower. Maybe uh, you were a doll this past year, but you want to be uh, a, the a, the ballerina doll that's on point, different things like that. Um, maybe uh, your goals relate to summer programs. Um, maybe you want this past year, you stayed at your home school for some program. Maybe the next year you want to audition for bigger summer programs. If you're getting a, a little more senior, a little older, you might want to write down company audition goals. Um, and then, like I said, go back, reassess them and adjust as year goes on. Maybe if you, if you got injured, <laughs> You miss Nutcracker, but that doesn't mean that you have to adjust your summer goals. Um, maybe if you uh, got cast beyond what you expected, you <laughs> want to set your sights higher uh, when it comes to the spring showcase, things like that. So uh, it's really good to have a, a list of goals throughout the year and then to be able to reassess them um, and maybe even share them with your teacher as the year goes on so that your teacher can keep your goals in mind. Um, I do this a lot at Broadway Dance Center because Broadway Dance Center, we have open classes where people just drop in. We don't have a set roster of students, but we have a lot of students that return. And we also have these programs called, uh, it's like the professional semester, which is supposed to be kind of a, a almost like a fill-in gap between like top level students and professional dancers so for three to six months these dancers will come and they'll train with us or we have international an international student visa program um and there there's one or two other programs like that and when those students are there and they're coming back to my classes regularly i'll sit with them after class and i'll say what are your goals um and i'll try to help them reach those goals so your teachers uh Cue them in. Of course, don't overwhelm them, but cue them in and let them know so that uh, we can be a part of your wishes and dreams. Um, beyond your goals, once you've set those goals, I, I suggest that you start exploring ways that you can enhance your, your year-round training. So maybe you're taking, I don't know, six classes a week. You're taking three ballet two points and you're adding a contemporary in there. I don't know. I'm just throwing something out there. Uh, 
how else can you enhance your training? Can you take extra classes? Uh, maybe there are workshops in the area that are happening on weekends uh, at a different studio where they're bringing in master teachers. Maybe you can pay a little extra and go there, meet some other people in your community. Uh, a lot of times conventions will come through. Um, there are competitions, whether you're a jazz competition dancer, or you're a ballet dancer that wants to do Youth American Grand Prix or the World Ballet Competition. Um, if you're looking for additional training but don't want to leave your studio, of course, you can look for private lessons. Um, and then beyond just dancing, there are other ways that you can enhance your, your year-round training uh, that you probably aren't even considering. Attending a performance is enhancing your training because you can go and you can watch these dancers and you can go, wow. I love how they did this, their PK arabesque, how high their leg was and how it was placed or the way that they turned. I never thought of going into, into it like that. You can enhance your training by actually attending shows, professional shows, um, by going to dance movies, by watching YouTube videos, uh, by going to talks. If you're in a big city, you might be able to go to a, a talk at a, at a, com- a company studios. A lot of times professional uh, companies have schools attached to it and they uh, will have different types of programming where you can go and learn about uh, different things like say how Giselle was reconstructed from its Banesh notation. Uh, that sounds a little not exciting. But, I mean, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Or maybe uh, you can go and see how tutus are made. Uh, different things. Just enriching your experience uh, of what it means to train to be a dancer because a lot of people that are dancers, when they retire, they become costume designers or lighting designers or administrators. Um, and a lot of people that don't become professional dancers, they don't become professional dancers right away. They go to college and then they do those exact things that dancers do after their careers too. So, uh, enhance your training both physically and, uh, and mentally, uh, get as much information as you can. Okay. Uh, another tip that I have for dancers is to just develop a stretch and conditioning plan outside of your classes. Uh, I know that typically, especially, I mean, an hour and a half class for me really isn't enough time. If I could have a two-hour class with students, that's ideal for me. Um, I have so much information that I want to convey. And if it's a contemporary class, we're, we're usually going to do choreography in there too. Um, I don't really have time to stretch my students and uh, to do conditioning. I don't think that crunches should be done in class. I think crunches should be done before or after class or between classes. I think that stretching should be done before class if you've warmed up a little bit, get to that heart rate up, kids and adults, um, or between classes or after classes. I don't typically stretch my students um, or condition them unless they are beginner students. I think that you should teach your students how to stretch and do that when they're when they're young enough and then it's on them to uh to do that and i constantly remind them um but like i said i'm not going to spend five to ten minutes of valuable class time to do crunches if parents are paying lots of money for this training i'm going to train you i'm not going to make you sit on the floor and crunch 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 away okay um but yeah so develop a, a plan of how you're going to do that some students uh after they're done dancing they go home and they go straight into homework and eat dinner uh stretch while you're eating stretch while you're doing while you're doing dinner uh, or that's the same thing or while you're uh you're doing your homework. Um, conditioning. Maybe if you look at your schedule, you have like an hour and a half ballet class followed by 45 minutes of points. Then you have a half hour break before you do contemporary. Take the first 15 minutes off and then maybe spend five minutes doing crunches and then 
take the next 10 minutes off. That way you're not just sitting and yapping. Um, have a snack, relax, do your crunches, and then go back into class and then you don't have to worry about it outside of your dance day. Um, core work is so important. Your stomach, squeezing, getting your stomach nice and tight, getting your rear end nice and tight, making sure that that's always as strong as possible because that holds your body together, okay? And that will prevent a lot of injuries from happening. So keep your stomach nice and strong. And then stretching. As a dancer, you have to stretch over and over and over and over and over again. If you're not stretching all the time, Unless you are very naturally flexible, chances are you are not going to uh, achieve the flexibility required of dance. All right, I'm almost done here. So another planning idea. I would always suggest families to have an injury plan in place. You don't want to wait until you're injured to scramble to find a doctor or physical therapist that can take care of you. Every dancer is going to become injured at some point, hopefully not in the younger years, but it's possible. So I strongly suggest that every family have a doctor that is uh, that specializes in, in sports medicine or uh, knows dancers or has been involved in sports in the past because I remember when I was a kid, a lot of doctors would, doctors would be like, oh, you hurt? Just stop dancing. It's not how it works in the dance world. You need a doctor that knows how athletes perform. Um, dance is a high-level high athletic uh, art. So uh, you need to make sure that you are not just going to a regular family doctor that doesn't have this knowledge. Okay, um, So find out who your trusted doctor is. Know who a good physical therapist is. So a good physical therapist is not a physical therapist that just listens to you and then gives you exercises. A good physical therapist is able to do hands-on physical therapy um, to help, I don't know, adjust, manipulate, massage, and and fix issues um, and then they can give you the exercises. A good physical therapist for a dancer needs to be hands-on. Okay, um, I've gone to many, many physical therapists and I've been told, well, no, they're a great physical therapist. As a dancer, we often need immediate relief and then we can strengthen around, uh, strength, strengthen the muscles around whatever issue you're having. But that immediate relief is really important to keep a dancer going. You don't want a dancer to go completely out and then fix it. You want to be able to help them along their path so they can continue dancing. And only if they absolutely need to go out to, uh, treat them in a certain way. Uh, it can also be valuable to have a massage therapist that you trust, a chiropractor, an acupuncture. Uh, and as I was saying with the conditioning, if you're not sure conditioning-wise to help prevent these things from happening, Pilates uh, is great, whether it be reformer Pilates or mat Pilates, gyrotonics is, is really great, um, yoga, all these different types of practitioners. It's good to have just an idea of who to go to, where to go, and uh, all of these things to make sure that you are keeping yourself as healthy as possible and getting as little time off uh, and as much time in the studio as possible. All right, my final tip for you uh, <laughs> for going back to dance school uh, is to have a homework plan in place. I have seen too many students uh, that I've been training forego their dance training because parents put priority on academic homework. And my response to this is always, and I mean, I'm sorry, but it's you do realize that we are also training your kid for a career path. Uh, I don't understand what recreational dance is. I, I think recreational dance is dance fewer days a week. Uh, but we are a performing art and dance should be taught properly aligned and properly executed. Um, so 
there shouldn't be any difference in the way a student is trained. It should just be less frequently. Um, so it is a career. It can be a career. And every time that a student is being trained, it, it, it should be for a career. So again, you do realize that we are training your child for a career path. Um, one of the most valuable lessons I learned as, as, a, as a student was following through with all of my commitments. Sometimes one feels more important than the other, uh, but that's not necessarily the case. My last year of normal high school, I took 11th and 12th grade together and I danced every day of the week, every day. I did my homework for tomorrow. Like if I got homework for first period, I would go to second period as fast as I could and I would start as much of that homework as I could get done before the bell rang. And then when I went to lunch, I would hang out with my friends, um, but I would also do my homework. Uh, when I was in the car, I would do my homework. I never missed an assignment and I never missed a dance class. Um, I knew how important it was that I did my academics, but I also knew that it was absolutely important I was I was going to dance and not missing because I had to study for a test. Uh, I know homework and studying can be overwhelming, but don't treat dance classes like they aren't important or act like there isn't value in having a career in dance. Uh, having a career in dance can be the most intriguing, unique life you could imagine. And if you can commit to that, you are you'll be so lucky to have that success and have this type of career. Uh, it's so unique. It's so different than uh, that straightforward college path. And most dancers go to college while they're dancing or after. Uh, we're in a different time than when uh, my mom, for instance, was was uh, educating herself. So yeah, don't forego because of homework or studying. Go to dance. Find, figure it out. It's okay if you struggle a little bit. It's okay to be tired. Okay. Um, you will learn how to cope with life as an adult if you do that. Because for instance, like if you're working and, uh, you have to support a family or so and something happens and you're not feeling well, it's like you have to take care of your kids and you have to go to work. It's, it's good to learn how to do this young. Okay. So please, please, please stop, stop, stop having your kids not go to class because they have to study for a test, okay? Have a plan in place on how you're going to do that, whether it be, like I said, knowing when to do your homework or making sure that you have study sessions uh, planned into your, your weeks, um, that you talk to your teachers and let them know how important it is that dance is a priority because I have parents come and talk to me all the time and tell me how important academics is. Why can't you talk to your academic teachers and tell them how important dance is? It's a financial investment. That should help. <laughs> Beyond that, it's a physical investment in the safety of the dancers. It's a mental, like an emotional investment that your kid doesn't get behind the, the other, their peers. There's so much involved and it just it really upsets me when, when parents come up to me and they say, well, they had to study. It, it, it's it's inexcusable in my opinion and unless it's an extreme situation um but that's another podcast okay so lots to to help you out here uh to get you prepared to go back to school if you uh dance school uh dance academy if, if you haven't already gone back um so i hope that this is helpful to you and if you have any tips uh that you think would be helpful to share let me know and if 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 you get in contact with me and i think it's valuable i'll share it in the next podcast okay i think that this is the end of this week's podcast so if you are going back to school good luck as we say in the dance world mayor i hope that you have a great start to your school year 
I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Corollis, or on Twitter, at Bariscos. Also, be sure to, to, to subscribe to my blogs. Dancing Off Stage is an informational blog about the post-performance careers of professional dancers. You can find that on dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. And then I also have an archived blog called Life of a Freelance Dancer at lifeoffreelancedancer.blogspot.com. And I wrote on there for five years about working as a freelance artist. Also, if you're curious to see what my choreography looks like, which is for professionals and for students competing in competitions, you can find some of that footage on YouTube. YouTube and you can just go on the YouTube search uh, panel and you can put in B Corollas to find that. Thanks for listening in to Pod of Chats. I hope you return next Friday. Oh wait, not next Friday, but in two weeks from this Friday to talk dance with me. And remember to go out and support your local dance scene.